0: It's, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, doing this work and seeing the parallels between, um, you know, people in debt and, and our patient base
1: mm-hmm.
0: and people really feeling like, you know, they're kind of almost identifying with their disease.
1: Welcome to CMTW Podcast.
2: Rebecca Onk, thanks for coming on. Um, we're going to talk finances today. And... I can't think of anyone better to talk about finances than you because you've been through it. You've managed to pay off your student loans. Mm-hmm. You've managed to um, create a budget that you don't go, that you don't live outside of. And you've recently significantly simplified your life in a lot of ways. You've downsized mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And you're living comfortably. So you've been at all different levels of this. You've been, you know, the busy clinic in Boston. Uh, And then you've also now moved and like I said, now you're kind of uh, downsizing a little bit and you've had to, you know, redo your budget, obviously, but you've also have experience with taking um, financial programs and, you know, really getting this, this kind of um, getting the right financial habits down pat. And I'm really excited because one of the things that we really face in this field is people having to be business owners, basically, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's not a whole lot of job opportunities out there. So people have to go into business for themselves, but they don't have any real experience um, with the financial side of it, the expenses, you know, um, maybe their income isn't, you know, where they want it to be. So there are a lot of reasons why people just ignore it. It's uncomfortable. Um, maybe they think they don't make enough money at first, so they, they, they don't bother budgeting. Maybe they think, oh, I'm going to go into debt anyway, all of those reasons. But I want you to help set the record straight and really talk about how personal finances overlap with business finances and how being uh, financially fit on on your personal finances can also train you to be a little more disciplined on the business side. So can you talk about your background and and why we're
0: talking to you about it? Sure. Um, so, you know, my background in terms of my, uh, you know, my experience with budgeting or getting to financial freedom, or what are we talking about? Like my whole background or? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I just, yeah, I mean, you, you, you took a financial program some time ago. What, mm-hmm. what made you do that? Like, wh- why, where were you at in your life when you decided you had to do that? Okay.
0: Yeah. So actually, so yes, this was probably, I'm trying to remember, I think it was 2011 is when um, I started. And it was actually my husband at the time, the two of us, uh, we were actually in a situation where um, he was uh, contracting for a company and uh, making a pretty good income. So, uh, at that same time I was on Facebook and, uh, a, f- a friend of mine posted something about how her and her husband were on a plan to get out of debt and it was all student loans for them,
1: mm.
0: for the two of them. And, you know, she talked about a program through a guy named Dave Ramsey, um, who many people have heard of and a lot of people haven't. Um, and she was using they were using his program to get out of debt. And it really just got me thinking because I had student loans and I had been going through life just kind of assuming that those loans were just going to be around forever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had this attitude, like when I was in school, I remember telling a friend of mine, uh, you know, I'm taking out, I didn't take out a ton of loans. I actually did work in school. So I actually took half of my tuition out in loans and half of it I paid in cash um, until the the last year when I was an intern clinic and I took the whole thing out in loans. So, you know, my student debt wasn't insane. Um, it was also combined with my undergrad though, uh, which had mm. been kind of sitting around, you know, I'm paying <laughs> the minimum on it mm. forever. But, you know, I remember in school saying, you know it was it was really my way of avoiding um the the whole issue by saying well i'm going to be paying bills for the rest of my life anyways that's what being an adult is right and so what's you know what's one more bill and that was that was my attitude and so uh, i had these student loans kind of hovering around and you know i had a little bit of credit card debt and you know my husband had some Credit card debt, but you know I, I just kind of was like let's knock these out because we have this opportunity of um, you know in- increased income let's just do this and so that's that's really how it started, and from there, it was a lot of lessons very quickly <laughs> um, all coming at me or at both of us, um, you know, the first step of this process is to list all your debts from smallest to largest. And so, you know, I'm listing mine. I had a little bit of credit card and I had my student loans and those was pretty much those two. And, you know, for him, I'm finding out that there was credit cards I didn't know about and all kinds <laughs> of stuff, like personal loans I didn't know about. So it was like that right off the bat, like a level of transparency that we just never had. And, mm. um, you know, it's, it's also you know even if you're not you know doing this with a partner just laying it all out individually like just seeing it all on paper you kind of don't realize how how big it is until you actually see it mm. um and you don't realize how much work you actually have have ahead of you until you actually see it. You know, it's there, it's exposed, and you're forced to face it.
2: (laughs) I suppose some people don't, a lot of people don't want to face it. That's, that's more.
0: Correct. Yeah. And, and so that's one thing. And I, it, it, so I've been there. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's uncomfortable. It's scary. It Mm -hmm. really is. And, um, you know, it's, it's easy to (sighs) not pretend that it's not there, but just kind of, I guess just like keep it, keep it around like it's a pet. <laughs> um,
1: <you laughs> well,
2: well, like you said before, I mean, you get to the point, you just like, well, it's always going to be there.
0: Exactly. You know? And it seems, you know, kind of insurmountable, but then all, all at the same time, it also seems normal. Yeah. You know, it's, this is the other thing. It's like, oh, it's, you know, how many of us were told student loan debt is good debt? <laughs> um, oh,
1: yeah.
0: I actually... Yeah. A a financial advisor that I uh, used to be in a networking group with that I was considering hiring, he actually said that. He's like, well, you know, that's good debt. And I was like, so.
2: What the the hell kind of debt is good debt?
0: So I was kind of like, well, you know, the idea, I guess that's an old, you know, that's an old mindset that like, yeah, you you take out a little debt to put yourself through school so that after you're done, you can pay it back. But that's just, you know, that model is not you know, that's, that's, that's an old way of thinking. And that um, is yeah. an old model that doesn't apply anymore.
2: And also building credit, right? You have to for, go, but, yeah, For you
0: various reasons, like right. it doesn't apply anymore. Um, but yeah, when he said that, I was like, we're not using you.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> Surprised. Uh,
0: <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so going back to, you know, so, you know, it, what it did was, you know, and then the second thing that you do is you put yourself on a a zero-based budget. And what that means is that you take an honest look at all of your expenses and you list them out. And so this is everything, Um, you know, rent or mortgage, your electric, you know, your utility bills, your gasoline, how much money you're going to be spending on clothing, how much, everything, every single expense that you, um, it's accounted for and listed out and you write down how much each expense is and you take a look at it and you add it all up and you look at it and you see how much you are spending versus how much you are making. And, um, you know, what that does is it exposes the holes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, because a lot of people, you know, we've all been there. It'll be the end of the month and you've run out of money. And then all of a sudden you get a bill, you know, whether it's like a a bill that you completely forgot (laughs) to pay, Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and it's something that's something that is, you know, a monthly bill, like your electric bill. You're like, oh shit, I totally forgot to pay. (laughs) I forgot all about that. It didn't account for that. And now I'm short Mm. Um, or I can't pay it this month or whatever, you know, it could be an unexpected expense, like a medical expense or something. Um, and you just weren't prepared for it. So, you know, that, that feeling of at the end of the month, always kind of coming up short and not really understanding, like, where did all my money go? Um, so by doing a zero based budget, it eliminates that surprise, you know, exactly where your money is going and, you know, based off the income that you're taking in, you assign every dollar of your income towards an expense. Right. And if you, you know, if your expenses, if you have more expenses than what you're taking in, you have to cut something back. There's pretty much like any financial issue. It's, it's, the solution is one or two, one of two things or both. It's to scale back your expenses or make more money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's really all it is and that's
2: reality check isn't it and you know the funny thing is and things seem I don't know this might be common sense to a lot of people out there but um I'm not exactly uh in some ways full of common sense or you know it's not even that necessarily (laughs) it's just that you get overwhelmed you get stressed out you know and Mm -hmm. in the past I've been on really good budgets and in the past I've been on I've slipped and gone off of that Depending on what external stresses, stressors there were, you know, mm-hmm. but the thing is, like when you're when you're fa- factoring in how much you want to charge a patient, and you only count your business expenses, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to count all of your expenses, which becomes even more like wow. Now, I have all... but okay, well let's like you just said, let's let's cut our expenses. Is is am I paying too much for my office space? Am I not running my practice efficiently enough? Can I go into a smaller space but have more rooms running? And mm-hmm. then see more people in a day and work more efficiently. So, you know, looking at your expenses and deciding exactly, I need more income, raise your rates or see more patients. And, uh, well, and that that can be, you know, easier said than done, at least. Mm-hmm. But it at least lets you know what you have to do. So there you go. Now, at least to me, it's like, ah, like whenever I've done that, it's, it's a relief because, you know, okay, now I know where I'm at. Mm-hmm better
0: right. than not knowing, right? Exactly. And, you know, or, you know, the other side of that is, you know, cutting back on your costs. <laughs> and the only way that you can do that is to really understand and truly know what all your costs are. Um, so not understanding, like truly understanding your overhead is, that's like, you know, a, a good quick way to <laughs> go out of business real fast.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: Um, interestingly, it's kind of a sort, it's on the same subject, maybe just a slight tangent, but, you know, I'll see questions on, you know, some of our groups on Facebook, uh, where someone will ask, um, you know, how do you know how to set your rates? Or they'll ask, uh, actually they'll ask what, what is the average, like, what are, I'm just opening my practice. What should I be charging people? Like, what's the average rate? Or they'll ask also like, how much should I like, what's the going rate for a front desk person? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, these are all dependent on like your own situation. You know, you could, do you live, like, where do you live? Do you live in San Francisco? (laughs) Or do you live in New York City? Do you live in, you know, Somewhere in the Midwest, you know what I mean? Like, so your rates, your market rate is going to be very different depending on where you live. It's also going to be very dependent on what your overhead is. It depends on what your skill level and, you know, your... Uh, specialty, if you have one, uh, well, there's so know. many factors. It's not just a yeah. matter of what everybody else is charging.
2: Well, you know what? What drives some of that is just this kind of philosophy that a lot of practitioners have, and I don't know if it's changing because I've been out of school for a while. But I think we have a decent finger, our finger on the pulse at least. Mm-hmm. We have a pretty good idea, but we determine our, we make our decisions based on feelings and based on. Like based on how how medicine is currently run today. So, okay, Western medicine, they don't spend enough time with the patient. I need to spend a lot of time with the patient. I need to show mm-hmm. that I care. Okay, good good job. You're gonna spend more time than you need and you'll get burned out. You can certainly show that you care and spend a lot less time with the patient. Right. And then the other thing is as well, medicine is so expensive, I need to save the world and I need to charge less. Mm-hmm. And I need to make it affordable. You know, well, check out all the restaurants on your local street. See what mm-hmm. people are spending money on. That same mm-hmm. person that comes in in the Mercedes will be the person that pays, wants to pay you the less, the least. Mm-hmm. Typically speaking, I've seen it again and again and again. Don't get this idea that people don't have the money for your services. You're shopping out of your own pocket. Correct. I think it's expensive because, you know, I couldn't afford this. Who cares? Right. You are not
0: not your ideal patient.
2: That's certainly not your (laughs) ideal patient. So we need to stop making these decisions based on, well, I feel that, you know, people, people just really are struggling and need help. Or, you know, I feel that, well, because medicine is so terrible, modern, you know, Western medicine and, you know, that I need to, you know, Make up for that.
0: Well, and you know, those are all fine, but it has to make, you know, math is, you know, numbers are numbers and the math doesn't lie. Yeah. And you have to, if you want to have a model like that, you have to make sure that you can actually afford to run your Mm -hmm. clinic that way.
2: Well, so what good are you going to be if you're burned out and stressed out all the time? If
0: you're burned out and stressed out and you're having a hard time, like, you know, covering your overhead. Because you're charging an amount that feels good to you, mm-hmm. um you know you're going to end up closed <laughs> pretty soon, and then nobody's going to be helped, so yeah, you're not you a know, martyr, you know right um, so yeah,
2: yeah, so, um I was going somewhere with that, I'm sorry, um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no. Oh, oh, going back to what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, it's good intentions, you know. But the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. It's not. I mean, that that alone is not enough. You have to find a happy medium. When you're happy, your patients will be a lot happier.
0: Right. And yes, exactly. And you know, kind of, my point was just, you know, asking a group of people all over the world, you know, what you should be charging. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's right there is kind of showing that you this person is not um hasn't actually sat down and thought about what their costs are. Like what do they need to be charging in order to keep their doors open? So um they're just kinda actually there was a, a while ago, I don't remember if it was on it was a long time ago. I don't remember if it was on CMTW or not, but I remember there was one person and he was he was basically um, suggesting that every single one of us across the country all charge one rate. <laughs> I
2: mean, you know, it's fun. It's really fun when people come up with these ideas. They, oh
1: God, I like what people no said. <laughs>
2: keep posting, please, because this is good. Di- it's good discussion, right? I mean,
0: free it's like um, you. Someone doesn't have an understanding of markets. <laughs> I live in New
2: York City. I'm going to charge the same person, same as someone in Omaha, Nebraska.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So Uh, it was pretty funny. Um, Someone has no understanding of economics. Um, And it's
2: great that when people do post that, right, isn't it good though? I mean, like if somebody posts like, what should I be charging? What a great moment to be able to hop in. You know, if that person's posting that, there are probably a thousand other people wondering the same thing who right. are just graduating across the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I, I don't know if it's gotten better or not. I, from what I hear, no, because again, we, we hear a lot because of just the number of people we, we talk with, the schools do a lousy job at preparing. I mean, I had somebody that was a couple semesters ahead of me who hadn't even graduated teaching the business class. Wow, and and there are reasons for that, and one of the reasons is, and this also happens in the chiropractic schools as well. Say you have a school in in a small town, and you have an instructor there who has a practice in the small town. There's this fear of competition. This this mm-hmm. this, this uh, what do you call it when they have the um, the scarcity mentality, mm-hmm. where oh, if I give them too much, it must it has to be this. I don't know what else it could be. Why would you not want to? prepare people the best way possible but I did have a a situation here at the local college and I was talking to a recent chiropractor who graduated who said oh in in the school the instructor was was great and everything and then you know as soon as she tried to contact him out of the school he just completely blew her off and Hmm. didn't want anything to do with her and it was probably because you know she was going to open up shop you know not too far from him Hmm. and there you have it it's so you know it's it's kind of not cool because it really gets to the heart of, I think, that permeates the entire field is yeah. that there's this competition factor. But I think the schools could do a hell of a lot better in general. Heck, maybe even just farm out the practice management part of it. Farm it mm-hmm. out to somebody who's not local, who's not in the school. You can teach all this stuff pretty much online. hmm so anyway that's that's just kind of talk about a tangent that that was one too but yeah, yeah the practice management classes are not good so you have people asking these questions so but that's why we have the groups you know
0: right yeah the um it i it's it's tough because those practice management classes on the one hand you know i'm not going to i don't i don't i know people get really upset at how schools You know, people graduate from Chinese medicine school and they're completely unprepared to Mm -hmm. open a business. Okay. Like I, it's, it sucks because, you know, people come out clueless, but at the same time, I can't fault a Chinese medicine school for not Preparing someone like to fully like turnkey open a business like be fully prepared like that's a whole other if you want to add another three years to your education
1: yeah.
0: Then, yeah. Well. Um, but it is it is it is a bit of a joke it's almost kind of like they've put it on there like you know they put' in, put these these classes in these programs just to say that they did something well. you know, but at the same time, like you know I know people that were offered. Um, or asked to teach practice management um, at Nisa, where I went, but like what they were willing to pay this person, you know, was
1: well, like, yeah, you know, it's right. like
0: uh, that. Um, I can make that amount of money mm-hmm. in two weeks in clinic. Yeah, and you want me to teach for an entire term? That's you, know? not, like,
2: you, you teach because <laughs> you love it. You don't teach, you know. God bless the adjuncts that are out there because, or all of them, because right. all of the instructors and uh, professors, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they're not, they're not making bank at these schools. You, you do it because you love it.
0: You do it because you love it, but you also yeah. like with something like practice management, you want someone who's business savvy and then you're going to, <laughs> and then you're not going to make it worth their time. That's
2: why they should farm like, it out. It sucks, honestly.
0: It's honestly, right. Exactly. Right. You know,
2: it, it, it'll happen. I think it'll it'll start to you know. I mean, because the school has a vested interest in you know, like when you when the one school out in the in the in the West, um, I, I uh, won't name the school. Um, I don't know why I've named I I've named the school before, but right now I'm taking a different tactic. But I won't name it. But you know, their their graduates made an average of seventeen thousand dollars. So in that mm. Obama era rule, where they were um, flagging uh, you know private schools for. You know, charging a, a high cost for the tuition in, in comparison to what the graduates made. Mm-hmm. This school was dinged, as well as several others. Now, that rule was done away with under the current administration. But the fact is, is that, you know, you think art schools were dinged and some other types of schools, but acupuncture schools were too, because mm-hmm. graduates are struggling when they, when they come out. And if yeah. the school doesn't want it, then, you know, they could farm it out. But
0: when you say farm yeah. it out, what are you thinking?
2: You know, they could send it, you know, okay, there's, there, there's a school that's right now interested in CMTW. They want to um, offer uh, a set of webinars that we have to their students, okay. and, you know, where they would have a, a we, we would license it to the school and then the school would give huh. access to their students for it. You know, wh- why not, right? I mean, sure. it's a flat amount. They can, they can budget it in. Um. You know, or even just working in conjunction with one of, of course, one of our groups. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of free content out there, too. And there's an opportunity to grab, you know, where students don't necessarily have to even pay for it. There's a lot of great content from the last four-plus years. Right. Why not just, you know, give them the resources, give them the tools? Right. You know, so there are a couple options that, that are out there to really help the students without even having to make a financial investment but if the schools wanted to farm it out to a platform like ours we're going to give them a good deal yeah you know so it's just stuff like that
0: yeah no and that's good and i think actually i think right now um you know it it is getting better over time but with like the opportunities for new grads uh you know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you can think of it what you will but you know something like modern acupuncture it's like it's offering, you know, they don't like people will complain that they don't pay that well, but it's like you have an opportunity to work
1: with and benefits.
0: with benefits, and you get to put your hands on lots and lots of patients, um, mm-hmm. under mm-hmm. someone else's dime, whereas right. the rest of us <laughs> had to figure it all out, <laughs> you know, on our own. And yeah. you know, you can complain, you know, people complain about the pay rate, but it's like, dude, if I What are they paying? Like twenty bucks an hour or something like that?
2: Oh, some of it, some of it depends on the clinic. It's upwards of sixty thousand or more in some clinics. But it's like
0: you know, you know, shit. If even if it was fifteen dollars an hour, it's like I would have right out of school have had an opportunity to make fifteen dollars an hour to treat patients and gain experience without having to do any of my own marketing and just kind of sit back and observe and see how another clinic runs. Yeah. <laughs> like I would have jumped on that. My god. Like that would yeah. have been amazing. Instead, you know, which is the same story for so many of us, it's like I built it from nothing and probably paid myself for the first time after like 2 years or something. <laughs> you know, it was out of the business. It was, you know, I And then I had a second job, you know what I mean? It was like, and slowly transitioning over. And um, yeah, it was, so that's, you know, I think, I think the, I think the, the opportunities are getting a lot better, Mm -hmm. Like you know, again, you know, think of modern acupuncture and the like, like, however you want, but it is creating an opportunity that, you know, and it's not competition either. I know people get no, up, like, kind not. of butthurt about that. It's not competition to experienced practitioners in private practice. It's not.
2: Um, they had someone from, uh, someone from modern acupuncture speak at the Atlantic Symposium. Uh-huh. And uh, the speaker was good. He was good. And, you know, he really just laid it out there. And he was uh, maybe a touch, de- not defensive, but on the offensive because they have gotten so much crap. Oh, do you know yes. they're also, they also have a national marketing campaign for acupuncture?
1: Hmm.
2: Like, that's pretty good. That's great. That's really good. And great. the acupuncturists, they're not making a, a, a uh, what do you call it, a poverty salary. Mm-hmm. And they, like you said, the experience, they also learn the distal needling that's used.
0: Mm-hmm. They which, get trained in a system.
2: Yeah, they get trained yeah. in a system that they can take with them.
0: That you know how much money have we all spent on continuing it? I'm pretty mm. sure that I kept c m t w in business for most of twenty eighteen, so
2: <laughs> yeah, no your commission check is is due, I think Yes, right? exactly yeah, your monthly commission check <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, <laughs> I mean not that continuing it ever stops, right? I mean, distal right. acupuncture is great. Um, there are a lot of clinics that run solely on that, great. Um, but there are plenty of other uh, training, of course, obviously. Um, but yeah. So anyway, that that the opportunities that are available for financial reasons might might you know be more beneficial to somebody just getting out of school. hmm Yeah. Instead of just going broke. So for anyway, sure. yeah. So we got off on several tangents there. Yes, Thank we you did. For that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we're good at that. Well, we're very good at that, apparently. <laughs> Um, so what else, what, um, what else you want to touch on for personal finances? Like, what do you see some of the biggest, one or two biggest mistakes that people make or forget or miss?
0: Well, you know, one of them, you know, I already touched on, I think the biggest, I mean, the, the cornerstone of, of being financially stable. And I like, I like calling it financial freedom, but it is having, a zero-based budget. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's as it is, you know, in private practice, especially when you're starting out, or even when if you've been doing it for a long time, it's basically one giant experiment, right? And mm. we're just kind of winging it for the most part. Most people are just kind of winging it. Uh, but that is, you don't really want to just kind of wing it with your finances. And so you want to have some kind of plan in, in place, some kind of, you know, roadmap that you can follow so that, like I said, like, you know, the thing that gets people in trouble and it creates so much financial stress is not, you know, losing track of where your money is going. Um, and so first and foremost, you know, that is, uh, and actually that'd be an interesting poll to put up, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. on the group, like how many people, um, how many people use a budget, you know, both personally and in their business? Um, can you explain why is it called
2: zero-based budget?
0: So what that means is, um, and I, I touched on it a little bit before, it's when you you have a certain amount of money that you're taking in, let's just say per month, um, before the month has like right as the month has started before the month has even really started you ideally you're doing this on the 1st of every month um you're taking the money that you know is going to be coming in
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you're assigning it to a category of expense already so you know if if you know that you have, you know, your rent, rent is generally a fixed expense, correct? So let's just say your rent is $1,000 a month. So, and you're taking in, let's just say like 5000 a month. So you take 1000 off that 5000 and put it towards rent. So now you have 4000 to work with. And then you just keep going down the line and assigning the amount of money that you're going to be spending every month. And then ideally, once all is said and done, and you filled in all your categories for all your expenses, the amount is now at zero. So you have assigned that $5,000 that you're bringing in that month to a category.
2: Now, for self-employed people, do you, Mm -hmm. would you also factor in taxes out of that? So say, take 25% right off the top or
0: something? Sure. Yeah, sure. You can certainly do that. Absolutely. That's something I never did. yeah, that's that's a tricky one. Yep. And it's something that people don't think about. Taxes and I'm guilty of this too. It's like cuz you know, taxes are the kind of thing that just make my eyes completely glaze over. And <laughs> um I mean and it is really confusing, you know. It's, you know, our 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 tax structure system is is very confusing. So when you think that you've calculated it correctly, then you realize at the end of the year and you file your taxes, you're just like, what the hell? Like, like you realize you owe more, but, um, they're, (laughs) they're confusing Mm
1: -hmm. with
0: with taxes. You know, you kind of just, you, you know, you always have to just kind of do the best that you can, but, um, but yes, taxes, especially when you're self-employed, that is something that you have to consider as an expense. Um, there are, you know, monthly expenses that need to be paid off like you know as like you know like utility bills like the month um and um there's also you know expenses that aren't necessarily like monthly expenses but you know that you'll need to pay them in the future um i think those are what is the term for that i think it's called like a sinking fund um, and so that's something like, if you know, like, for example, taxes. So let's just say, you know, you're in this particular tax bracket and at the end of the year, you're probably going to, oh, I'm just going to say like $3,000 in taxes, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that you have to put aside 3000 over the course of 12 months. So what is that in math? Pretty difficult. So 250 a month. So you know that you have month. to put, so you put that as a line item. Um under your budget, like two hundred fifty dollars has to go towards your tax fund, your sinking fund for taxes uh, so that's just so zero based budget just means at the end after you've finished your budget budget for the month, um you should be left with zero because you have assigned that five thousand uh that expected five thousand to a category, and then everything in basically has been quote unquote paid for. So with no surprises.
2: And then you have to figure out what to do if the money's not going far enough.
0: Exactly. So if you get to the end of the month and you realize you kind of went over in some categories, Mm -hmm. then you have to kind of look at that and adjust for the following month. And you do a, you know, you do a, um, a new budget every month,
2: how bad are credit cards i mean it 's just like where, where are you at right now? Do you have any 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 debt at all
0: uh, no, so that 's how we started right. We started the conversation with with <laughs> so my story, so yeah, so um in the end, uh after four and a half years, um we had paid off in total uh a hundred. Well, after like interest and in, included that accrued, mm-hmm. um, about one hundred sixty thousand dollars. Nice. Um, credit cards and, too
2: were a significant th- th- part th- of there,
0: that. uh It was mostly student loans mm-hmm. um, for both of us, but there were some credit cards in there. Uh, so, yeah. So, but yeah, I've been debt free since uh, twenty fifteen.
2: And you continue to live that way, which is, um, yeah.
0: Yep. Doing a monthly zero based budget every month since then.
2: So this is a, it's a very, you know, when you, when you don't have to live with a lot of debt, a lot of credit card debt, it's such a a better way to, to to live without like no dot. Right. But it's so much less stress. I can't emphasize it enough.
0: It's so much less stress, and you know there is the, the saying, um, the borrower is slave to the lender. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're in debt and you're constantly making payments, I mean, you are, you know, you're you're a slave to someone. (laughs) Um, You're -hmm. under someone's thumb continuously. So, um, to not have to be putting money towards Debt, you know, allow, yeah, there's obviously a certain level of relief, a certain amount of freedom. Um, Speaking of freedom, though, uh, you know, when we talk about budgets, you know, a lot of, there's always a lot of, uh, you know, pushback because Mm -hmm. people will think of a budget and they automatically think of it being like really restrictive. And, you know, budget means like no fun. Right. And um, really, you know, in the once you actually put it into place and you've got it going, you're you realize that like having a budget actually relieves a ton of stress because mm-hmm. you aren't caught. You know, again, you're not caught at the end of the month with your pants down. You're not caught at the end with this a surprise bill, um, and you know part of. Part of the program is you know you have a small you know you start the whole thing off with a small amount of savings you know an emergency fund so that if something really that something does come up an emergency or um, you know something an unknown cost you know you you have you have you're prepared to pay it you're not having to turn to credit cards you're not or having to borrow money from someone you know you're prepared and so you know knowing you have a little bit of a cushion to prepare for some of these you know you know costs unseen unforeseen costs and knowing that all of your bills are already paid or accounted for at the beginning of the month
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you don't have to think about you know it's that's that's I can't, you know, it takes so much stress off of you, you know, there's huge no amount. more a huge amount. And it's funny. It's like, I don't even really check my bank account anymore. <laughs> like I, you know, I'll log into my bank account every once in a while, just to yeah. make sure, you know, that like, you know, it's more just a reconcile, you know, cause I use an app to, to track all my expenses. So I know like how much I have. Um But you know, it's, so I'll just check it maybe once a month to make sure that everything is reconciling properly and that there's no, like, you know, every, I'm like the queen of my debit card being compromised. And so I had to get Mm -hmm. like a new one all the time. Like someone keeps stealing my debit card number. So, um, so, you know, it's just like, check it once a month, make sure there's no fraudulent charges and stuff like that. But for the most part, I'm never like, I, I, you know, I, I log onto my bank account and look at it, you, you know, not because I need to see where I'm at, but because I just want to make sure that there's, you know, everything kind of went through the way it was supposed to. So.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I I can't even. It's been almost every two months that my card is somehow compromised, and they're sending me a new one.
0: <laughs> I know it's so the, weird.
2: The gas. Oh, you're at this gas station. Did you authorize this additional fifty dollar charge? No.
0: Oh, it's sometimes it's what like not even cool. It's like they stole my credit card and they bought like toilet paper at Walgreens. I'm like, come on.
2: Come on, you didn't go steal that from you know any public restroom, <laughs> right. right? Just like on, on, the, on that show Shameless when she used to go in and unlock the thing and.
0: It's like you think if you're paper. gonna take that kind of risk of stealing someone's like information, like financial information, you'd at least do it on something big and cool.
2: Yo, yo man, I needed the charmin. I needed the good stuff. I was tired of the sandpaper. <laughs> I'm so, taking a card and I'm getting me some good toilet paper. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what the hell of all so, things. <laughs> you know, but. At least use it for some high crimes type stuff, you know?
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, like I purchased a bunch of weapons. Right. You know, <laughs> I bought a car. Yeah.
0: I haven't seen, I haven't seen weapons yet.
2: No, <laughs> okay. not, not yet. On my,
0: uh, on my statement. Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> I'm not condoning weapons by, by, by any stretch of the imagination. But Yeah. <laughs> just just as a disclaimer.
0: Just as a disclaimer.
2: Exactly. I I have enough guns as it is. Yeah. <laughs> so um Yeah, good stuff. You know, I'm looking forward to uh looking forward to the the webinar that you, you uh yeah. you know, talk a big game about putting out. We'll see. Uh, I, I know, don't know what we'll it's We'll see. Be. I mean, you know Do you if... even know what it's gonna be yet? Or are you just
0: I'm still trying to figure out the format.
2: Oh, Christ, we're going to get this
1: thing.
0: Oh, we are. We are. Still trying to figure out the format, but it's just, you know, this is, it's one of those things that's kind of funny because, you know, I've been doing this for, you know, so many years for, um, you know, for my own, you know, personal finances and business finances that to me, it just seems like second nature. and it all, you know, really comes down to like kind of, you know, this is basic common sense stuff. And so this is my own like kind of negative self-talk stuff where it's just like, I don't think anybody's going to find any of this helpful.
2: <laughs> Certainly not sexy. I mean, it's not, the most, <laughs> you know, it's not like a technique seminar, you know? Oh, I
0: don't know. I find it, I, I don't know. I, seminar, but... I, you know. I always joke. I feel like I was like a bookkeeper or accountant or something in a past life, because even before I started doing this, like, you know, I would always, when I would reconcile my QuickBooks account, you know, at the end of the month and it would come to zero and I'd be like, yes, (laughs) Uh, it was like my favorite thing to do was to reconcile my QuickBooks account. But But I don't want to give people the impression that you have to be a serious, like, you know, financial nerd to be able to do this because I, you know, it, I'm just kind of a weirdo like that. I, but real, like, I like numbers, but I actually am terrible at math. Well,
2: you know, one of the things that you probably yeah. like that I, that I do like is the, the satisfaction and the relief that comes with it.
0: Yes. And it's yes. like,
2: ah, oh, yes. I mean, yeah. If everything zeroes out, that's a hell of an accomplishment right there. Yes. That's yeah. very difficult to do, but you know what I mean? It's and just... I think
0: that's why that's, that's the thing about like keeping a budget it's like mm-hmm. you kind of assign everything and then you're just like it's a sense of relief. It's like, all my money is spent. I just have to sit back and let it all, you know, do its thing. And then, yes.
2: and then I could focus on the clinic. I can focus on marketing. Exactly. I can, exactly. you know, and there's a lot of marketing you can do, um, for, you know, uh, less money. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of marketing you could do. We won't even get into that. We've had, you know, a lot of marketing, on CMTW already. It's up on AccuVids. It's a great conversation. Anybody want to post on, on the group? Um, we have another group called CMTW Practice Success that's been kind of dormant for a while. Mm-hmm. We want to bring that back. And so uh, I have to get back in there and kind of revive that group.
0: Yeah, yeah. It needs yeah. some
2: CPR. but
0: I forgot about that group.
2: Yeah, and okay. I think everything just kind of got, you know, pushed to the wayside. But, you know, it's very important stuff because... And, and we we try to you know what I like is is adding a little bit this of this into like the the seminars that we can as an added bonus you know right um, and it might be a great it might be a great place for you to to get yeah. some of the information out at a live seminar
1: mm-hmm.
2: um a local one obviously
1: mm-hmm.
2: but it's a great place to start getting it out there and you know getting some feedback feeling it out sure. Because you have the technique stuff, but you also need the practice stuff. Okay, I have the technique. How am I going to incorporate it into my practice? How am I going to, you know, how how is my workflow going to change? Mm-hmm. I have this great technique. I have this confidence. Yeah, right. But there's there there. Sometimes there's another component to it. Sometimes, often. Right. I don't know. Maybe oftentimes. But yeah, I can't wait till this comes out. Um, I think I think it's going to help a lot of people, and I think it's just something that's going to have to, you know be, be, be promoted and pushed. We don't want unhappy practitioners out there. No. We don't want people stressed out. I did that long enough. I'll be damned if I want anybody to have to, you know, not that I'd want them to, but I want to prevent that from happening.
0: Right. And I think, you know, I've see, I see this all the time. It's probably in it like kind of, it kind of hurts my heart every time I see it, but someone mm-hmm. posting that when it's the topic of student loans and they they're like, oh, I'm just going to die with my loans. And I'm like, oh. and I, sure, there are, I, I don't know everybody's situation, for sure, you know, and I, I know that there are people mm-hmm. out there with, real, like, with the ton of debt and a lot of loans, um, but I, I think also a lot of people, it, it is a lot, but it's, for for many people, it's not impossible Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really a matter of, you know, they're, they're, they might just not have a process or a plan or a system or or any organization. So, you know, things are a little scattered and all over the place and it's really hard for them to even envision, you know, being able to tackle, you know, a big loan. And sometimes it's really just a matter of, you know, getting organized and, um, for a lot of people so um it does it like whenever and i read that a lot it's mm-hmm. it's kind of everywhere everybody you know they're kind of saying it a little bit jokingly but not <laughs> uh, but not really they think that they're just going to die with their loans and it's like all right well maybe, <laughs> maybe. but maybe not maybe not and um uh,
2: i'm not sure which yeah. loans uh wasn't this uh, like what year it started, but if you pay on your loans for 25 years, they basically just give you a uh, 1099. Not a is it a no? What the hell is that form? I, I don't at know
1: at the what end the form of the year. Is,
0: but then you have to pay all the taxes on taxes it, on it as if it were income. Right. So and that's, they that's get the, you
2: one way or the other, and and uh, this student loan forgiveness it's not going to happen.
0: Oh no! And they've already they're already finding that out. It's like you know, I think it's been, what is it now? It's like the, you work in a nonprofit for, was it like 15 years or something like that? Or 10 years, yeah. 15 years. And then supposedly they are, so we're coming up on that like 10, 15 year term and it's not happening.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, it's that, such that, a, that's, yeah.
0: that's the thing. It's like, you these are the types of programs that can just go away you know what i mean and so it's really dangerous to bank on a program like that that
1: you oh, know yeah. you,
0: you work yourself in a nonprofit you know for the so like you know for the reason you know for the purpose of hoping that your loans are going to be discharged and then it doesn't happen when you could have been you know that 10 15 years have been building a practice a different way mm-hmm. um and you know, not subjecting yourself to a state of poverty just so you can get out of your loans. Like these are the, it's, it's a dangerous scamble. Yes. Um,
2: <laughs> it so. is, it is. And, you know, we'll be lucky if we can get the interest rates reduced. You can't even get, we can't even get that, let alone do you think they're actually going to discharge, discharge, you know, $1 trillion in debt. I mean, I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but hey, let's get your, let's, let's talk about finances. Let's talk about positive things. Let's talk about mm-hmm. finding out where you're at, where your practice can grow. Mm-hmm. you know, getting you there to the point where you're actually making enough to pay off your loans, to pay your bills, to, to live happily, to be successful, get out of the poverty mindset. Like this is all part of the bigger picture. Yeah. So this is just one cog in the wheel or, or one aspect of the bigger picture of empowering practitioners to do better. Yes. So th- This is an, a very important part of it too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so you could take continuing education Um, but you know, your finances, I think when you start really looking at them, will start to drive you to really take, to really get that reality check and take a hard look and go, okay, why the hell am I charging $40 or $50 a visit? I'm putting myself in the poverty. It costs me 70 bucks to see this patient.
0: Right. And you know what? And when you start realizing things like that, and, uh, um, it, it gives, it does, it starts giving people hope. You know, maybe they're not quite as in bad shape as they thought they were. And,
2: oh, uh, yeah, definitely.
0: So, so yeah, yeah, so that's, that's.
2: Awesome. No more tangents. That's what,
0: that's what I'm working on.
2: <laughs> we're going we're gonna to wrap it up now. Just everybody be on the lookout. Rebecca's going to put out some really good content soon. I'm going to hold her feet to the fire. Because I know. Is, you
0: guys are on me. <laughs> I been, know.
2: You got to talk about a slacker, a procrastinator.
0: God. Oh, goodness. I'm not going to deny that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that, yeah, there was that question probably in the back of your head, like, okay, how is this going to be received? Um, It will be. It will be. It will
0: be received. I mean, I've already gotten a little taste of it, um, you know, through, like, kind of posting on groups from all sides. Like, people Mm -hmm. being like, this is awesome um, and being really receptive to it to people It's it's very interesting. People being really um, defensive.
2: Defensive, yeah. It's an uncomfortable topic, you know. It's
0: an uncomfortable topic, and they, you know, it's you know, it's it's funny, you know, doing this work and seeing the parallels between um, you know people in debt and and our patient base,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and people really feeling like you know they're kind of almost identifying with their disease or they're identifying Mm. with their debt. I'm going to die with my debt. I'm in this much debt. I'm, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's, it's, it takes, or like, there's, there's no hope and I can't turn this around or um, I know what I have to do, but I'd rather eat the Cheetos, you know what I mean?
1: Like,
0: (laughs) but, or I'd rather have the TV, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of pair, I'm finding there's a lot of parallel um, between (sighs) uh, this work and, you know, seeing patients.
2: Yeah. The other, well, the other one, that's a really difficult one for people to take is hearing the, the, uh, the, uh, the societies or the, the ASA, the national organization, you know, talk, talking about those issues, those national policy scope of practice issues. They are, it's easy to get uh, like, I don't even want to hear it. I'm not even going to listen to this. This just makes me so mad, mm-hmm. you know, or somebody says something, uh, and it doesn't sit well with a lot of practitioners. I mean, we had mm-hmm. Kathy Gaiman on uh, last week, and it was really eye-opening and mm-hmm. un- and un- uncomfortable at times. And, you know, she gets a lot of flack. I've seen it on the groups for some of the things she says. Mm-hmm. And she's just putting out there what we need to hear. Right. Like, she's just yeah. saying what needs to be said. And, you know, finances and, and all this other stuff, yeah, I, I could definitely see how there's there's this kind of, it's I'm uncomfortable I don't want to talk about it. Right. I'm going to be defensive. And uh, yeah. let's not do that. Let's have a dialogue, right? Let's Exactly. Let's just take it head on. Or so anybody has it. any questions, please tag Rebecca.
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: <laughs> any financial questions, go on to Chinese Medicine Network's podcast. Also, I'd love you to see how I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to rely on you for content for the blog. So I would love it if you just typed up something and we could put it on our blog. You have a blog. (laughs) I I want to, this could start the blog. This could actually get it off the ground. You want to talk about (laughs) procrastination,
1: (laughs) slacking off. That's
2: so funny. You could, you could really help us launch this thing. Okay. So I'm out there just begging somebody, please. Provide some articles.
0: (laughs) Start our blog.
2: (laughs) Basically, just kick it off because once you get on it, then I'll have to, you know, keep it going. And we'll just say I get Pellucid or write something. Oh, yeah. I'll have our other instructors.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Sure. I'd be happy to.
2: So. All right. With that, we're going to wrap it up before we go on a tangent and make this thing more than an hour long. Thanks, Rebecca.
0: Sure. Thanks for having me on.
2: Awesome. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. This was a Chinese Medicine That Works podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and free and paid content, visit AccuVids.com. And make sure to join our Facebook group. Just search Chinese Medicine That Works. Thank you all for listening.